You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right. Let's get into some draft strategy. Let's go. Yeah. I want I want to start pre-draft, okay? I think it's very important to mock draft, right? Use yeah. your league settings on the platform that your league is drafting on. Every platform has its own ADP, right? And that's average draft position if you're unaware. And I the players themselves are being drafted in slightly different order and like slightly different places depending on the platform your league is using, right? So I would continue to do multiple, as many mock drafts as you can from your draft spot and get used to all the potential dilemmas you'll be facing on draft day, right? So that like when it's draft day and it happens to you, it's like second nature when you're faced with the same choices when it's time for your real draft, right? And the choices become a lot easier to handle. Yeah. And I, I can't stress enough either, you know, just practice adjusting your strategy in these mock drafts and your approach on a dime. Like drafts are unpredictable. There's it's essentially like gambling, especially when you're sitting there in the middle of the round and you're waiting for a player to maybe fall to you. It's like you're rolling the dice and hoping for the best. Like they're unpredictable and a sudden five pick run at a position just ahead of your selection, it's gonna force you to change your plan, whether you like it or not. Um, regardless of where it happens in the draft, there could be a run on receivers early in the first round. There could be a run on receivers early in the eighth round. You know, it doesn't matter where it happens, if there's a run. You're going to have to change your strategy. No two scenarios are the same across drafts, obviously. But having experienced your plans unraveling before in a low-stakes environment like a mock draft, it's going to help you better prepare for the real thing on draft day. And one more point about these mock drafts. Do your best to mock against real people. You know, obviously you can do it alone just, you know, against bots, but it's easy to just close the tab that you're on and exit from the draft room if your plan doesn't come together exactly how you envisioned it. I'm speaking from experience here. I used to do that. It was terrible. When you mock, do everything you can to convince yourself it's the real thing. Best simulate draft day. There's no getting up and walking away from your league's draft. So practice making the most of being dealt a bad hand. And it doesn't even have to be a bad hand that you're dealt. Just one that you don't expect. Just like you said, be ready for you know those changes in plan suddenly so that you're not sitting there panicked and you end up taking somebody that you really shouldn't have. 100%, man. And just, you know, simply just understand where players are being drafted, you know, get use of their prices specifically on the platform you're drafting on. Like that makes things easier. So you can recognize when players are falling to you. Right. And that's going to lead us to a next point. But before I get there, what is your favorite platform, Zach? If you have to choose your top three platforms to draft on, just to have your league on, what would those three be? So not including underdog. Cause you know, correct. Cause underdog is great. Season-long fantasy. Season-long fantasy, exactly. 
Yeah, so I'm probably going to... I would go Sleeper first, then ESPN, and then I think Yahoo. That would be my order. I like it. I mean, I, I'm, what, going, what I'm, going, I'm going Sleeper, then Yahoo, then ESPN. That's, that's right. basically what I would do. So, like, I think we're both in agreement that Sleeper is probably the best option. You could do mock drafts on there against the computer or against real, pe- real people that Zach, Zach definitely recommends. But if you can't find real people, like- um, <laughs> you know... Just just do uh, do it against the computer, but do it against the computer a bunch of times, right? Yeah. So you have all different you know scenarios thrown thrown your way. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, you know you'll if you do a lot of these drafts, you'll recognize when like oh wait, like this player usually doesn't fall here, right? So yeah. my next point is let the board fall to you. Don't go into your draft already thinking you know exactly what you're drafting. Right, I'm taking a running back in the first. I'm taking a wide receiver in the second. Um, you know, I'm taking wide receivers in the middle rounds. You just never know how the board is going to fall. And if you're so set in your ways, like you're not even going to realize when a huge value is staring you in the face. You got to be flexible, and you know, just be prepared to take any player at any point and adjust on the fly. Like it's better if you grab that value that fell to you. Than sticking with like your positional strategy, right? Because your your team just got off to a better start if you took the value than it would have with your strategy. So, you know, and, and I think this leads into one of our next tips, and that's understanding where there are positional drop-offs. And one way to do that is to separate by tier. So let's say you're on the clock or you're about to be on the clock, right? And you have Christian, uh, let's say you have Christian Watson, Drake London, and Terry McLaurin as your choices at wide receiver, right? And and let's say, you know, just for argument's sake, even if you don't, let's just say that you have all of them in the same tier of wide receiver, that like mid to low end wide receiver two range, right? But Josh Jacobs ends up falling to you. And then the next available running back is Travis Etienne. The gap between Jacobs and Etienne for me is huge, but the gap between those three wide receivers might not be as big. So Jacobs gives you a much bigger positional advantage that you would be looking for here, and he should be the pick here, right? I'll give you another example. Later in the draft, right, you have Miles Sanders, Damian Pearson, Cam Akers. They're all on the board for you to choose from, and then Calvin Ridley falls to you, right? The the next best wide receiver after Ridley in this particular draft is, let's say, uh, Chris Godwin. You're like, all right, I have Ridley a lot higher than Godwin, but those running backs are all in a similar tier for me. And you know what? I'm also near the turn, there's actually a chance that one of these guys makes it back around to me, but there's almost no chance that really makes it back to me, right? So really is going to be the pick here. And th- these might seem like obvious examples, but I'm just trying to make a point of how you can approach these types of situations. Yeah, 100%. You, you, the tiered rankings make so much sense. And like, I didn't hear about these, especially right when I started playing fantasy. You know, I, I went just by the numbers. You know, I'd be like, okay, well, this guy's ranked two spots higher than the other guy that's on the board. I'm going to take him, but no, there are definitely certain tiers and you have to think about their positional value too. Like you said, like a very good running back versus a mid tier wide receiver, you know, they might be going up the board in the same place. And it's, it, you pretty much said it all, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to put pull any unique advice out of the hat <laughs> here, but it, it just goes pretty much without saying, you know, if somebody falls down the board, and you know, sure, you don't have a need at that position. Big whoop, take the guy that's going to give more value. You know what I mean? Because exactly, there's, not only is there more value for you that you can put them in a flex spot, 
but there's also a trade block that you could use them as trade bait and maybe get what you need later on. You know, so I'm assuming that you have trade capabilities in your league, but I don't know what league doesn't have trade cap- capabilities anymore in 2023. But, you know, just always go for what's going to give you more value. Like, I get it. You might not want to take the guy that fell to you if, like, say you drafted four running backs already and you're around seven right. and another running back falls to you. Like, there are definite, you know, exceptions to this rule. But for the most part, you know, if a player falls and it's in, they're in a higher tier within their position, even though the other wide receiver might be ranked higher, you know, the other player might be ranked higher, take the guy that's in the higher tier. I agree. And, and you bring up a great point, which is, like, I, I'll be making picks regardless of whether my starting lineup is filled or not. Right, I'm drafting the right. best possible running backs and wide receivers, regardless of whether I need that RB two. Right, if the value at wide receiver is better at that spot, I'm going to draft the wide receiver. They can potentially go into my flex and my wide receiver three, my, my wide receiver three spot, or they're going on my bench. Right, but like, I'm okay filling out a bench spot or two if those players are that much better than the the starting lineup spot that I need to fill. Right, um, especially a quarterback and tight end, you know, and you know, I think that could bring us to our next point, which is not to reach. Um, now, I do think there's an exception, and I'll get to that. And I think there we can potentially wait on quarterback and tight end, and we'll get to that as well. But when I'm picking near the middle of the round, let's say I'm at pick, you know, I got the fifth pick overall, sixth pick overall. I don't want to reach several players ahead of ADP because there is a chance that like certain players make their way back to me in the next round. Like, just that small possibility is good enough reason to take another player closer to, you know, the top of the board and who's just almost as valuable to the other player in your eyes and then have a chance at that player that you like coming back to you in the next round because you just doubled up on the value that you wanted, right? And and I will say that, okay, listen, if you're dead set on getting a guy and you hate all the guys ahead of him, sure, like, whatever, but... If you do take that player, the chances are that in the next round, you're going to hate all the players at the top of the board in the next round. So, you know, might as well have picked the better player from your shit list than to get like the worst player on that shit list in the next round, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. I completely understand what you're saying. So you think about taking a guy like, I don't know, Devontae Adams. You know, people are really, you know, separated on, you know, him this season because Jimmy G is his quarterback. So you could take advantage of that. So he's sitting at like, back of the first round especially in underdog drafts that's kind of where he's going if you're picking at five or six is a little early to kind of push it and see if he makes it to you there on the way back but if you're sitting at like six seven eight you know you could push it like you could take Devontae adams there and be fine but you could also take a guy like i don't know i'm just for the sake of argument uh Bijan. say he's there take him push it back, push Devontae Adams back and hope he's there on the way back. It's only six or seven picks. And with, you know, the complications with his circumstances now in Las Vegas, you know, there's a chance he could come back to you. So you have to, like, be tactical about it. You're obviously not going to push a guy like C.D. Lamb and hope he comes back to you at 18th overall, (laughs) you know. But there are different players, definitely, that people – if you look at the ADPs across – you know, different platforms too. You can see where the ones that are kind of locked in where they're at, the ADPs will be similar. But when they start to fluctuate, that's when you can see people aren't as decided on where they should be going on drafts. And that's when they start to slide. Those are the players that you can kind of take your chances with and push them back. 
Now, I think if you're at the turn or near the turn, I think I give my my I give myself some permission to reach. Right, they kind of just get your guys. Yeah. Right, when you're at the turn, like I'm personally comfortable at the turn. You know, whether that's the one on one or the one two turn, because like I have my guys. Right, like I know who I want. Right, yeah. um, and I'm going and getting them. Uh, but if I'm not at the turn, I'm usually trying my best to not reach a whole lot. And when I reach a couple of times. I tend to have limited choices a little bit later in my draft and I'm usually not super happy with my team. Right. And that's one of the worst feelings, you know, when you're not happy with your team, it's just the worst. But I, I feel like the later you pick in the first round, the easier it is to do, like we say, let the board fall to you. And drafting at the one, two turn is like the easiest spot. I think personally, you know, to draft and just let everybody else make the decisions for you and you can capitalize on any type of value that's falling. Everyone makes their picks ahead of you. And by the time you're three or four picks away from being on the clock, so say you're picking at 10 in a 10-man league, and you get to like pick six or seven, at that point, you can have a potential list of five or six names, and you'll be happy drafting any of them. And you don't have to worry about all of those players being off the board by the time it gets to you. And that process just repeats over and over and over. I mean, you're going to take the two guys that you want at the turn. You know, It's going to go back. You're going to have like 18, 20 picks in between before you get back on the clock. But at that point, like it's it's just going to happen how it happens. Fate is now in control until you get back to that three or four picks ahead of where you're going. And then you can start strategizing again based on how everybody else is playing it. You can play the table where everybody else, they have to set, you know, what you're going to be dealing with at that turn. So I think that makes choosing towards the, the end of the round, the beginning of the round, it makes it super flexible because you can sit back and see what everybody else is doing, which players are falling. And if you're close to being on the clock, like have those backup picks ready, right? Like yeah. hopefully a, a couple, a few of those guys that you mentioned that like, okay, you have five or six guys that you're willing to take in the next, with the next pick. Like when you're like, when it's like four or five picks away, like you better like have that backup pick ready, right? There's nothing worse than getting sniped, right? Your guy is right there, right? Just needs to not be picked. And the guy before you is picking and he takes your guy. Worst feeling in the yeah. world. And now you're panicking and you only have 27 seconds to make a decision. Do not put yourself in this situation. Like, do not spend all that time before your pick praying to God and hoping your guy is there, right? Like, use that time to figure out who, you know, are the next two guys that I would take, right? Make that decision before it gets to you so that when your guy is taken, you don't panic and you don't tilt and you don't make a mistake that you'll regret because you made a decision in, like, this distressed uh, distressed state. Yeah. <laughs> you know I think it's funny. I think it's funny. That you a lot that. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it's funny that you allot three seconds for the panic because then you have 27 seconds left to make a decision. Assuming, you know, it's a 30-second <laughs> pick clock. If it's a 60-second pick clock, then you're really accounting for panic. That's 33 seconds of panic. You know, I panic. <laughs> I panic. But, yeah, all jokes aside, that kind of thing, I 100% agree. What I usually like to do when I'm in that situation and, you know, there's a chance that the guy that I want might get sniped, I look at it as like, okay, who ideally would I take at this pick? You know, assuming the board falls this way. And then you'd be like, okay, that ideal option is taken away. What's the next best thing you can do? It's pretty much, it goes back to the idea of just playing the hand that you're dealt. You know, yeah. and that how that happens a lot. I think a lot more you're at the mercy of the board when you're at the end of the round, either the beginning or the end. Um, in the middle, you might not deal with this as much, but definitely 100%. Have a list, just a short list. You know, it doesn't even have to be five or six guys long, like I said, be, to begin with. When it gets to your pick, even if it's just two or three that you know you're going to be happy with, or you have... You don't even have to be happy taking it. You could be like, all right, this is going to allow me. You like 
you have options that you can build on from that point. You know, just where you have options, you're not sitting there after your pick like, well, that was a wasted round. You know, like that's also one of the worst feelings. 100%, man. And and by the way, yeah, I think one of the best ways to prepare for your draft is by doing best ball drafts over on Underdog. Um, you can do big money tournaments. You can play with your friends, play small money tournaments, you know, as little as five bucks. Uh, but either way, like you'll get a great idea of what the board is going to look like for the most part and where guys are generally being drafted, right? So right now, Underdog is doubling first deposits up to $100 if you use the code UPPERHAND. The minimum to deposit is only $10, so use the code UPPERHAND today and start drafting. All right, let's talk later rounds and and building depth. Um, I personally like to stockpile running backs and wide receivers as much as I can. I only draft one quarterback if I know I have a solid one. I only draft one tight end if I know I have a solid one. Like I might take a shot on a late round tight end with upside, even if I already drafted a solid one, in case I think there is like, if they have a shot at just having more value than any of the other random players I'm choosing at the end of my draft. Are you usually drafting one quarterback at one tight end, Zach, for the most part? Uh, for, for the most part. You know, sometimes, like in that one draft we did a couple episodes ago, it was a live draft, of course, and I violated my one rule of, you know, having one quarterback. I took Justin Herbert, but then Anthony Richardson was there later. And there was nobody, no other really skilled players that were up in that tier of like, okay, they could have ridiculous upside. And I went and took Anthony Richardson. So for the most part, you know, unless that I I think Anthony Richardson is like the one of the um, exceptions, exceptions to this rule, rule, I would say, because like his value can be so huge that like he could be serious trade value. Yeah, serious trade value, especially like. He could have right. higher upside than the quarterback that you drafted before him, right? Like, and then you, yeah. what, is it out of the realm of possibility that Anthony Richardson is a top five quarterback and Justin Herbert's not? That's possible. Is it likely? Yeah. I, I don't know. But, like, it's definitely possible because of his skill set. Yeah. So you talk about the, the appreciating value, you know, and we're going off already right now, but Anthony Richardson is the exception in this world. But for the most part, you can take one quarterback, especially – in 10, 12-man leagues, if it's one QB, you know, if you're not playing Superflex or anything, you can get away with that so easily because there's plenty of other quarterbacks that are going to be starting. There's going to be quarterbacks that are solid starters, you know, on waivers in one QB leagues. So, exactly. for the most part, what? Oh, yeah, you said exactly. exactly. Sorry, I thought you were going to say, I yeah, I thought you said my name. I was like, whoa. But anyway, oh. um, <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I get it. I get it. A, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah, so. I generally draft one quarterback and just take my hands off of it. Don't worry about it. And if that one man. quarterback, if that one quarterback ends up shitting the bed, like you said, there are a lot of quarterbacks potentially on waivers, especially in ten to twelve person leagues, that you'll end up just picking one up and being fine, or just, just streaming it out. a week. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all. That's all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's see. All right. So now if you're taking one quarterback, you're generally taking one tight end. Um, I think building running back depth is extremely important. 
it's it's a you know there's a combination of different types of running backs that you can that you can draft right and combination of guys that you can play in a pinch right like low end RB two flex guys right that you yep. can get later in your draft like Samaj P Ryan maybe a Zach Charbonnet right you have upside handcuffs like Jalen right. Warren or Tajay Spears uh, then you have later in the draft guys like Chase Brown. Jerome Fours, Amir White, you know, now particularly interesting because of the Josh Jacobs situation. You know, having those guys on your bench gives you chance at upside because if there's an injury, you, you now have someone who could potentially handle 15 to 20 touches and a running back who you almost who you almost have to put in your lineup, right? If you unless you have like serious studs. Um, and then you combine those type of guys with running backs who could potentially win a job. Right, like running backs who are part of ambiguous backfields, like the Bears, like the Vikings, um, and I think getting a mix of those different types of running backs is helpful because running backs get hurt all the time. So having a few guys you can throw in in a pinch is helpful. Right. So there's a lot of handcuffs that you could draft, and in terms of handcuffs, there are two main ways you can play. I think targeting your own running backs handcuffs, targeting handcuffs of running backs you aren't rostering. Right when you target your own running backs handcuffs, you're playing it safe. Usually hitting your ceiling. Right, usually, you know, your ceiling either gets hit or it decreases because the running back that's stepping into that role usually isn't as good as a starter. Sometimes that's not true. Obviously, as we've seen in the past, sometimes a third down back assumes an early down role on top of his third down role if that early down running back gets hurt, uh, and then you might end up having a better fantasy running back at that point because the handcuff. It has a better role than the starter, right? Yeah. Um, but I think having a mix of all these types, different types of running backs is a good idea. Um, and, and I doubled down on this philosophy if you went zero running back early, right? Like if your starting running backs are kind of shaky, you want to take as many shots as you can on guys who could potentially become legit fantasy options in case things go their way. Yeah. So the way I like to look at handcuffing running backs, you know, whether they're for your own players or another team, I just look at it as a big pendulum. You know what I mean? So when you handcuff your own running backs, you're preventing change and disruption from happening on your team. And you're just kind of holding that pendulum from moving. You don't want any other managers to capitalize, you know, on any value that could come from your running back getting hurt. And even if the handcuff you replace your running back with isn't as good a fantasy player, the power of balance, as I like to call it, it stays the same across the league. No other team gains anything from your starting being injured. It's just you might be hurt a little bit, but it's not like the power is shifting. The value is shifting. But when you start targeting other people's handcuffs and other people do the same thing to you, that's when you're trying to get that pendulum to swing as opposed to trying to keep it steady. So when you draft a handcuff for someone else's starter, the value in that backfield gains the potential to shift from one fantasy roster to another at the drop of a hat, you know, just from an injury. So, in this case, you know, from one of your league mates rosters to yours. So say that you draft Tajay Spears, despite Derrick Henry being on another player's roster. If Henry gets hurt, all of a sudden the pendulum swings in your favor. And you suddenly leech the value from the Titans backfield that used to be on that team's roster. And it's you've moved it to yours. You've strengthened your own roster at the expense of another, which is pretty much what you want to do. So there's more upside in terms of the total value gain in, dra in drafting other people's handcuffs, other running backs' handcuffs that aren't on your team. But you can also just like protect yourself against that and ensure yourself against that type of thing happening by drafting your own handcuffs. So it just really just comes down to your preference of how you want to play it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's a great example, right? Because if Derek, if you had Tajay Spears, 
and you had Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry gets hurt, how much more valuable is Ty J. Spears than Derrick Henry? It's right. either almost the same because of the PPR upside, but then also in most likely not as good, right? Yeah. Because is Ty J. Spears going to be handling goal line work and all that? But like you mentioned, if I have Ty J. Spears and Derrick yeah. Henry, who I don't have, gets hurt, dude, the value the didn't shift. It didn't change from your team because you're still getting whatever points there would have been, you know, as opposed to another guy. Oh, suddenly he has an RB2 for the week, you know, like exactly. That's, what I'm, that's the way I look at it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, at the end of drafts, you want to be chasing upside. Okay. Don't chase what you perceive as a floor. The reason why a lot of these players are being drafted so late is because they likely have no floor. Okay, we did a whole episode on late round guys to target. So after this episode, make sure to listen to that one. We did a couple weeks ago. We go over a lot of the guys we're targeting at the end of drafts. So make sure to tune into that episode. Now, Zach, when you do drafts, like, are you worried about bye weeks at all? Absolutely not. And I think you would agree. One of the worst mistakes you can make is avoiding a player because he's on a bye in a certain week. Like, oh, no, he's not playing. It's a scheduled week off like you know when that's coming it's not like an injury where it just pops up and you're left to fend for yourself you know when these are coming so it doesn't even make that big a difference so what you have two or three players on by in the same week there's between 13 and 15 regular season games for fantasy football in a year depending on the way you play it if one of those is a bad week for you because you have a bunch of playmakers on by so what at least you get them all over with at you get them all over with at once you have your roster at full strength for all the remaining games of the year there's Nothing wrong with targeting players that have the same body. Like, it's hardly a consideration for me. Only in like minute tiebreaker decisions do I consider buy. And I think that's pretty much the way you look at it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, so much can change, right? Like in the season. Like, if, if, if yeah. my player is like in a week nine buy, I don't know. Like, a couple of my players can be hurt anyway, right? A couple of those week nine players can be hurt anyway um i might have picked up better players on waivers to play over those guys uh you might have made trades by then right with the players that you drafted week nine they're off your roster anyway so i I wouldn't really make decisions based on bye weeks and regular drafts like if you want to use it as like an extreme tiebreaker situation that would make sense right yeah now let's say we, we finish our draft zach as soon as we finish our draft what are we doing Okay, so it can go one of two ways. You can either you can do this in any order. You can go and check the waivers, or you can move the players that you drafted that need to be moved to IR to the IR spot and then go check waivers. That probably makes more sense. But you know, there's a good chance you drafted a player that's going to be in that IR spot. You're gonna have to put him there. It, it might even be because of a suspension with Alvin Kamara. It might be because of a holdout. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, that kind of thing. Whatever you need to do, whatever players you need to move out of your bench spots, do that. And when you do that, immediately go and fill it on the waiver wire. There's no excuse at any point in time to have an open bench spot on your roster. Like, 100%. there's absolutely no reason to leave them open because you're just – there's potential value to be had. A player is more valuable to you on your bench, even if they're scoring zero points, than they are on the waiver wire. Because they're still practicing, they have preseason games going on. Like, you know, you pick up a player and boom, like one player gets hurt, and like the player who ends up benefiting, oh, wait, he's on the end of your bench, he's on your roster already. You don't have to give up fab, you don't have to worry about whether you have waiver priority or any of that. And by the way, please play with fab, 
waiver priority is yeah. over. That's just a side note. Um, waiver spotters yeah, not... are the worst people. They're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just let everybody have an equal opportunity at every waiver wire pick every every single yeah. week, unless they want to waste their money early. That's their problem. Now, I used to play. I used to play in a league where waiver priority was determined by the amount of fantasy points scored, and the lowest fantasy points scored the week before oh. would get the waiver priority. And this was way early on, but that is the dumbest setup I've ever heard. Like that was truly painful because the worst team would just snag all the waiver players, and we'd be sitting there just with the scraps. If we if you have a good week, right. you'd be punished for it. It made no sense. And also, like. If I saw a, a big, big, big name player get hurt, like in at in the one o'clock games, I would bench my players for the four o'clock games so I can get that player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this, man. How how do you feel about drafting a couple of players from the same team? Like, how do you feel about stacking a quarterback and a wide receiver from the same team? Um, you know, and we're not talking tournaments here, right? Yeah. Which is usually the strategy. We're talking regular redraft, home leagues, twelve team, ten team leagues. A quarterback and a wide receiver can work. That's fine. Just like it works in, you know, the tournaments, daily fantasy. It, it can work 100%, especially if it's a good stack. Like, you're not going to stack Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks. Like, that's not going to be a very, you know, lucrative in terms of fantasy points stack to have on your team. It can be enticing to do that, but it's, it can be enticing to do that, especially if a player feels like it's going to be a solid fit on your team. But without diversifying across multiple teams, you're going to be at the mercy of the team that you drafted up. So you can do this, fine. Quarterback, wide receiver, that works. But you don't want to draft anything more than that. Because if you take a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver, all from the same team, or a quarterback, a running back, and a tight end, all from the same team, or a running back, a wide receiver, and tight end, all from the same team, the lows are going to be very low. But even the highs are going to be diluted. Because if you draft that those combinations of players, I mean, the passing game is different from the run game every single week. Sometimes the run game's getting it done and the running back gets a bunch of fantasy points. Sometimes the passing game is getting it done and the receivers and tight ends get a bunch of points. The amount of times a fantasy team's going to have a QB finish with 25 points, a receiver finish with 30, and a running back finish with 20 or more, it's very low. And the offense would have to be hitting on all cylinders and the game would have to be a complete shootout. The number of times that happens in a year is maybe like two or three times at most for yeah. a single team. So you're really just like limiting your upside by taking players on the same offense because there's only so many points that can be scored on one offense. So I would say you can get it. You can, I wouldn't say get away. It can work with a good quarterback wide receiver stack, good quarterback tight end stack, but I wouldn't keep taking players from the same team. Yeah, I try not to put too many of my eggs in one basket, you know, because one injury can hurt multiple players. Like if I drafted three teams, three players in the Eagles, if I drafted, you know, let's say I drafted Goddard, AJ Brown, and then like some, you know, whatever. There's those two. What if Jalen Hurts get gets hurt? Now, yep. uh, you know, even though I didn't have Jalen Hurts, now I'm kind of asked out, right? Because one court, one injury just like affected two of my players, um, and it wasn't even uh, a player that I had that who got hurt, yeah. right? So I tried my best to diversify as much as possible. Um, I have one last piece of advice, Zach. And, and that's just to have yeah. fun, right? Like draft players on your favorite team if you want to. I would say just use it as a tiebreaker. Like don't just yeah. like go and draft like every Dallas Cowboy. But like, you know, if you're like, man, listen, I love CD Lamb. I totally understand that. I don't know. Stefan Diggs is a better fantasy receiver this year. 
my mind is telling me digs, but I love Lamb. I watch every Cowboys game. Draft CD Lamb. Like, yeah. especially in that situation, like, is it really that much of a drop off? Like, yes, I do have digs ranked higher than CD, but like, if I love the Cowboys and I watch them every game and I want to root for my guy, yeah, do it. It's going to be Why so not? much more fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so that's, that's what I recommend. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And this is, this is your team at the end of the day, right? So, and you might trust my opinion and Zach's opinion on, on certain players or whatever, but like, this is your team. You know, if my opinion, or someone else's opinion that you trust is against your gut and like your gut says something else, go with your gut because like at the end yeah. of the day, this is your team. You do what you got to do. Um, and I feel like you'll just be more satisfied if you draft the team based on what you want and not just like something that I'm spewing because not every take that I say is right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I might be right like 60% of the time, but I don't know that that's, and I'm not counting, but like, that that's really good, <laughs> but like I'm, I'm that means I'm also getting a lot of stuff wrong, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, and if if your gut says one thing and then you follow me about on on one thing and on the other thing and like I'm wrong about it, like you're gonna feel like pretty bad because you're like I knew it, I knew it, I knew I should have drafted yeah. that guy. Well, if you have that type of conviction with certain players, I'd say you go for those players. If you have those type of convictions about not drafting a player, don't. You know what I'm saying? I feel like following your gut and following what you truly want to do, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. We sit here and we talk about fantasy all day. I know for us, you live and breathe fantasy and you're doing all this research and all this stuff. But still, at the end of the day, like our judgment's only as good as the next person's. You know, it's just based on stats and stuff, but like not, we're not idiots. You know, we, we're not completely out of touch with the way that fantasy football works. We aren't people playing the game are everybody plays it their own way and they should play it that way. Like the rankings aren't scripture. If you go against them, like how many times do we see a player completely explode, go completely against where everybody had him ranked like all oh, yeah. the time. It happens Josh, Jacobs, time. Josh Jacobs last year. Yeah. Not just season long, but even in a week, like we have guys that are like ranked. This guy's going to be this week's wide receiver 29. He ends up being the wide receiver two. like, Big whoop, like Mac Hollins. Like no one's going right. to rank Mac Hollins, <laughs> you know, right. as a wide receiver too, but he had that one week you know, early in the season last year where you just popped off and you had all these points. So the rankings are there to help you. They're, they're a tool, but they're not scripture. So like, like you said, go with your gut. This is your team. Play who you want, draft who you want, do it your way. It's going to be more fun that way. But, you know, listen to us a little bit because we have an, uh, an all right idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I think that's yeah. going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, good luck in all your drafts this summer. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days with another episode. Make sure you tune in for that. If you have uh, any questions about, like, you know, like, who should I be drafting? And you haven't listened to the past, like, several episodes, make sure you <laughs> tune in because we talk – we talk, about, we talk about a bunch of guys that we're targeting, a bunch of guys that we're not targeting. Um, so make sure you tune into those episodes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, please do so. That helps us so much on, pod, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. And if you, if you have another minute and you could rate and review the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Uh, so thank you guys for that. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys in a couple of days. Later. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 